Welcome to the Miles Pike Podcast, a podcast that strives to foster excellence in gospel music, both on the stage and in the local church, through conversations. I'm your host, Miles Pike. I'm hoping to probe into the lives and minds of gospel artists, industry legends, and some frontline people on the worship scene. Guests include fellow artists, pastors, session players, producers, songwriters, comedians, radio personalities, and theologians. Subscribe to not miss an episode. Share on social media with the musicians, pastors, and music ministers in your life. And please rate and comment to help take us all the way to being able to say that dozens and dozens are listening. Thank you for taking time to join in on the conversation. Now on to the program. A friend invited Martha and I to a Gaither Homecoming concert some years ago, and it was a rare treat when we were not on the road ourselves to take in an event, so we jumped at the opportunity. A new solo artist was present that night, and we briefly got to meet her offstage afterwards. Little did I know that just a few months later, we would be in the studio in Nashville with her singing some backgrounds on three of my projects. Angela Prim has worked with artists like Aretha Franklin, Barbara Mandrell, Dolly Parton, Brooks and Dunn, as well as Southern Gospel music legends, including the late Vestal Goodman. Singing behind artists such as Andre Crouch, Patty Austin, Bill Gaither, Rascal Flatts, and others, her four-octave soprano voice adds a signature soulful touch. With her fourth CD entitled Spirituals, Songs of Mahalia Jackson, Angela renders tribute to one of her mentors while teaching the history behind the music that so many love, black gospel music. And for the love of this history, Angela recorded her first live DVD singing and telling the story of the sound of black gospel music. She has a contagious laugh and a passion for Christ that I'm looking forward to facilitating you getting a glimpse of in our conversation. Well, I am so excited to have on the line with me Angela Prim. Uh, we met her back a few years ago in the studio, and uh, but I had heard her in concert before that, and so was very excited to be working with her, and now very excited to have her on the line. How are you doing, Ms. Angie? I am blessed. I'm just glad to be here. Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, you're up in, uh, up in Nashville, just got off of a background vocal session, and we're looking forward to getting up there here before too long to get some work done. And Well, I want to let the listeners get to know you a little bit beforehand. Uh, those that uh, already know you, they need to find out a little extra, but there may be some that uh, has never uh, heard you before. So uh, how did you get started um, in, in Nashville and in music? Um, you know, what was your early days like? Well, I uh, started in 1986 as a professional background vocalist. I've been singing all my life. My mother is a singer, and I've been singing all of my oh. life. But in Nashville, um, I began singing on a, a television show that was called Bobby Jones Gospel. And from there, I began to get uh, connections with the studio singing. And that's what I've been able to do to afford a living the past 30 years. So it's been good. Wow. I didn't realize it had been that long. That's, mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I mean, as you said, you've been singing your whole life. When did you know it's what you wanted to do? Never did and still don't. I just do it. <laughs> uh, my mother being the singer that she was, um, she saw the gifting 
and that was the only thing I wrote. I just recently wrote a book, and it's talking about being a background vocalist. And my mother, because of who oh. she was, she uh, was able to uh, uh, pinpoint the gifting that she knew that God had given me, and she began to to hone that group, that 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 gift, and. Um, from there, it's always been where it was needed. I have made it available. So it's not that, you know, I would say I'm a singer. No, it's do you need a singer? I can, I can possibly help. So that's how my career has started. It, it was never a fun time on stage. It was, um, <laughs> it was a time to be on stage and get paid. You know, so when the Lord yeah. began to use the gift in the church, that's when, um, you know, the shift comes because, you know, you have to determine, okay, now with the secular artists that I sing with and I get paid, I've got to be able to switch that to the gospel side and it has to become a message. So it's, yeah. um, yeah. It's it's definitely um, a transition because of television. That was you know, that was what you were paid to do. But as a solo mm -hmm. artist, it's got to go deeper than that because now it becomes your purpose and it's not your job. Yeah, it's, yeah. One's for a for a paycheck and the other one's for a savior. You know, you you absolutely. do it for for the absolutely. Lord and. And then that doesn't mean that we don't do our secular work as unto the Lord, but I I, I know that there's a, a difference in, in mindset um, uh, for sure. Absolutely. But uh, you, you mentioned doing solo work, and, and you've been doing a lot of that here in the last few years. Um, but, ha you know, how did that change come about? Because I know um, you started off kind of behind the scenes, and now uh, how many years has it been since you are doing more solo stuff? 2012, Bill Gaither had asked me to um, to travel with him on the road. Well, as a background vocalist, I knew that, you know, I knew what that meant. So I was trying to figure out who I was singing for, and he kept saying you. So I called the office later and uh, found out that he was literally meaning me. And me didn't have anything to sing because I've always sang <laughs> other people's material. So yeah. first of all, I was like, okay, so is he senile? What's really happening here? Because he knows I'm not a soloist <laughs> and he wants to take me on the road to do what? So um, I had a, I had a little solo project that I had did for when I was on the road with Linda Randall, and she was so gracious to allow us uh, space on her product table. And I just had that one CD, and I was like, well, Bill, if you can use this, let's do it. And, uh, and then he had uh, mentioned the uh, slot for Jesse Dixon was open because he had just passed. And I began mm, to do mm -hmm. some Jesse Dixon stuff for him, and... I have been on the road with him since 2012, so that would be, uh, that was eight years in January. 
Wow. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. Um, mm-hmm. Well, now that, that you've been at it for a while, what percentage of the work is on the stage versus in the studio? I would say it still equals out because people still hire us in the studio. My sister Dale and I, we do a lot of studio work, which we don't, which we had uh, just finished today. But they call us when they want some of that stuff on their CD. A lot of the country artists love the sound of a of a gospel singer. So we uh-huh. don't do thin singing at all. If you want contemporary, we can do it, but our forte is that umph sound. So we get mm-hmm. in there and add the flavor uh, with our white brothers and sisters, with our black brothers and sisters, and give it, you know, what we are known for giving and lay it on your track and gone. And then my solo work is usually on weekends with churches. You know, I, I know everybody is different in this way, but if you had to choose uh, between them, do you prefer one over the other? Mm, no, I don't. Because the, well, uh, good. the, the studio is, it would be uh, the difference of... Uh, going to a school or going to a church, you know? You have your job and then you have your church. So um, I love my I love my job, I love what I do. And uh, church is corporate worship for me. So I come together for corporate worship, which is I'm nothing but a cheerleader for the Lord, that's all I am. So. When I'm called in to go to the various churches, I go in to motivate and encourage God's people. And I lift up their spirits so that we can leave corporate worship and go back to our jobs and spread. Mm -hmm. I believe the best teacher is not a preacher, but it's the person who's living their life so the world can read their lives in everyday circumstances. Everybody can be holy in church. But you can't be an example for Christ. Some of us can't be in a traffic jam or in a (laughs) a grocery store line and someone cuts in front of, you know, there are ways to show Jesus and then there are ways to talk about him. And I prefer doing both, you know, so it's a matter of living it. So when I go on weekends to these um Various churches, when I go and um, I'm able to get in, I love getting with their singers. Oh, I love it. I love it because it's got to, even when, after I'm gone, it's got to live beyond my words. When I go to a church, Angela Prim can't do anything that will save your life. But what I can do is introduce you, reconnect you, encourage you to the man who can so that when we put Mm -hmm. our gifts together, then it is something that can change the world. You know, a lot of people who are talented, uh, they're so prideful because they have this gift, but they have to come to the conclusion that that gift ain't about, it's, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about what your gift can do for the kingdom. So you need to take your name and sit down and allow the Lord to rise up in you and do what he's called you to do. 
to fit in the purpose. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the Bible asks a real good question. You know, what, what do you have that you have not received? And that's why pride is so stupid. You know, it's like your giftings are not yours. Your abilities are not yours. Uh, the breath is not yours. The strength mm -hmm. is not yours. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's, it's, it's a gift from above. And so, you know, uh, pride is so, uh, so self-defeating. Really and uh, so and it and it's it's a inhibitor to the to the gospel for sure i've seen i've seen artists with great abilities but terrible attitudes oh my goodness and uh it's it's it'd be better if they just stayed home and sang in the shower to Absolutely. themselves you know <laughs> cuz it's done no one any good anyway i mean because if they walk away talking about how good you sing okay what does that what did that do what did that do for the kingdom so yeah, if yeah. you walk away and it says, oh, my gosh, that blessed me. I want to go home and read about, read more about what they were singing. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah. a profound revelation. The words to that song, where did that come from? Where, you see, so that's when the digging process begins, and that's when God blesses you. When you begin to seek him, you will find him. But it's never in the way you think. You know, I, I believe uh, theology has a nasty way of clouding up our mind because we create our own God and how he should be, how he should speak, you know, how he should handle us. But when you are allowed to just let go and let God have total control, then the sky is the limit. The sky becomes the limit because... There is nothing impossible for God. So, if you who who is the impossible God can use this little talent that you've given me. And why do I say little talent? Because it's in me. It can't be that big because I'm only so big. So, if you can use this talent you give, you've given me to exalt your name in some kind of way, then God help me to do it. Help me to do it so that the world is drawn unto you and not to me. Oh, yeah, and I, I love what um, R.C. Sproul said. I believe he said something like, everyone is a theologian. And that's, that's so true. It's just some people are very poor theologians. You know, if you have a low view of God, then, then you're going to live in a certain way. Absolutely. If you have a high view of God, it's going to drive you to live a certain way. And and um, if you have a high view of God the, or a, a view of a high God that's reached down to a lowly center such as I, it's going to shape everything that you do and, and every presentation you make. And, you know, you're going to be uh, you know, more amazed that he was able to work in spite of you than, oh, look what I did, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it, it frames everything that we are. It's um, important. Now, you mentioned, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned earlier about Bill Gaither, and um, he has held a unique place in the life of gospel music for, <laughs> oh, I don't know, the last few decades. Um, <laughs> you know, not a small span of time. And, uh, and that's where I first heard you was at a Gaither Homecoming concert in Fort Worth, if memory serves me correct. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, having spent a lot of time with him, I'm sure, on and off stage, what, what is something that you've learned from him? Humility. 
um, Bill Gaither, whether the world knows it or not, the man is huge. Um, he has a lot of likes and he has a lot of dislikes, but his dislikes have not overcome his likes. <laughs> I'm trying mm -hmm. to say this as correctly as possible because the man is so profound. His gifting is, I mean, amazing. Um, Bill Gaither and, and his wife, ooh, Gloria, the mm -hmm. team, yeah. Yeah. the team, it is hard to put his gifting in words because even with what he did with all the videos, that wasn't something that was planned, you know? Oh yeah. I've heard that from yeah. several people. He, he was, it was kind of a farewell thing for, for them. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. They, they thought they were getting going to go on the back burner, you know, was doing, uh, he had said, you know, the farewell, and they were going to do this little uh, video, and the people had come around, and they were going to be singing. And it was at that moment when they said, now, this is good. Let's try this again. And then it was another <laughs> video. Well, you know what? I enjoyed that. Well, let's try that again. This time, let's invite more people. You see... God is so soft. Yeah, th this this time let's use the Atlanta Dome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it wasn't that he needed it. It wasn't that he needed it, Miles. You see, because God had already set him up financially. So this oh, is yeah, just, yeah. I you mean, know, this is just surplus so if we can get beyond ourselves and join God there is a book called experiencing God a workbook that's phenomenal um, by um, Henry Blackaby and it says join God in what he is already doing you know Bill Gaither mm -hmm. has a saying you know he says we all can win we got we all can win you know you have your suggestions for a song but Bill Gaither he, what he does, he, he um, analyzes the audience before the artist begins to sing. And he can uh -huh. tell. Yeah, I've watched him do that. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know what you're going to sing until Bill Gaither hears what it is he needs to hear from the audience to determine the song that will best fit the situation. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And and you 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 learn to trust. You don't you don't ask questions. If he asks you for a suggestion, okay, fine. But you don't ask questions. Why? You just say, okay, let's do it. And then at the end, he'll say, because you can know I could be so disappointed. I wanted to do such and such and such, you know. And um, at the end of yeah. the day, he said, now, did they like you at your product table? And I'm like, Bill, they did. He said, you got to trust me, kid. So when you say, when he says, do they like you? That means, did they buy? <laughs> did they buy product? <laughs> yeah. So 
It's it's well. It's um, oh, go ahead. Oh, it's it's just wonderful being uh, in his company. Him uh, uh, being a tutor, a mentor, a father. Uh, he does all of that on the road for his singers. All of that. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. It's a safe place. It is a safe place. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. And, and um, you know, you're talking about how he kind of brought you from... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if everybody listening will get this from, behind, but brought you from behind the popper stopper <laughs> and onto the stage. You know, um, I think I think all traveling artists can relate to this scenario. But uh, churches that mean well, but sometimes just don't think through certain things, don't read the concert writer, didn't fill it out, don't return it, so you don't know what to expect. <laughs> Uh, you get there and everything's not like it needs to be and you're missing stuff and they arrive late for you to set up so you're rushing trying to get ready for the concert and and everything but just you know there's a lot of artists that uh, will be listening to this I mean what's the most common oversight that you've experienced just so we know we're not alone you know <laughs> right you know the main thing is You'll have to learn to be self-sufficient because... Oh, yes. Churches... Yeah. If you've got to have it, you better it, have it with you. You better have it. You better have it with you. I uh, showed up at a church about three weeks ago, and when he told me that I was going to have to do everything, I was like, you know, fine, because I don't like to do the writers and the agreements. Um, I think, especially for church... I really don't. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my writer is short. It's not legal in any aspect. It's just, hey, this is everything you're going to need to know right. in a written form so I don't have to try to tell them over the phone. That's all it is. Right, right. You and know, then but, it's good for them to go back and look at it, you know, to understand. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I'm a lot of, I'm, I'm still a background vocalist and a filler. So when they call me, sometimes it's the last minute and I'm like, okay, I can be there in three hours. That type of thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was at uh, a church, and he told me I had to do everything. So when I got there, he had no, uh, no musicians. He had no singers. And he had no sound technician. Well, that's pretty much everything, yeah. And when I asked him, I said, so are you going to do the altar call? He said, I want you to do everything. And this... <laughs> my, my next question is, was it indoors? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and and this, he's a bishop of like 600 churches. So I had not anticipated that at all. So when I say a writer is good that, you know, some things you just can't walk into blindly because you can walk in blindly and leave blind and mute, you know, not knowing <laughs> what in the world just happened. But um, when you have the writer and you have the agreement, it does serve to uh, lessen confusion. It You know, it really does. Um, I had a gentleman that had booked me to come and sing and uh, 
he got the airfare, and I was like, okay, I know that your church would do, you know, the best that you can. He said, absolutely. So I said, but uh, I'll be traveling alone. You can only afford the one ticket, and I would like to get some references because nowadays it's just dangerous. And he said, oh, oh, sure, I'll give you some references. So I didn't check them right away. I got the airline ticket. I got the hotel. Well, something was going on with the hotel reservation, and it only said one night, and I was supposed to be there for two. So I said, no, no, uh-huh. checkout is on the following day. They said, no, we only have you for one night. So I said, okay. So I called one of the references and I says, um, I'm just calling you. I know uh, that's a so and he's booked me. She says, oh, really? And I said, yes. She said, well, I'm so glad you're coming. And I, she said, are you singing at his facility? And I said, his facility? I said, no. It said, you all are having a church service. You've got a women's conference coming up. I know on Friday night, intercessory prayer, Saturday night is women's conference, and then Sunday I am supposed to be at your church. She said, oh, honey, he's in a nursing home. (laughs) And I said, beg your pardon. Oh, my. He said, yes, he's in a, he's in, oh, he's in a nursing home. So I said, well, maybe this reference is just, this this referral right here is a little crazy. Let me call him. (laughs) And um, I said, uh, so tell me this, what is the name of your church? Oh, Sister Angie, we're not, we're not going to go into the church. We're just going to have service at the house. And I said, at your house? He said, yes, we're going to have service at the house. I said, so, what, what, so where will the intercessory prayer take place Friday night? He said, that's going to be at the house. And I said, so am I singing at a church service? Oh, we're going to have intercessory prayer. We're going to have a women's conference on Saturday and Sunday. All of it will take place at my house. Well, how big is your house? Well... <laughs> It's just going to be my family. I just wanted you to just take a weekend out to come and just sing to my family. I said, you know. Lord have mercy. What we're going to do is not that. I I would prefer, if I've got to sing to a family, I'd prefer it to be mine. Because what you're doing is blocking my time for uh, an opportunity to be able to minister to just more than you. So let's rethink this. And I am so sorry. I hope you can get your money back from your era. So I said all that to say, Ramos, is that we just really have to, some things have to be in writing for an understanding, you know? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a couple of situations that come to mind and one of them was you know talk to somebody at the church and oh yeah absolutely we'll do it and and uh you you get it down and then you find out that that person had no authority to say that and if you wouldn't have actually you know called back and spoke to somebody else you'd have showed up and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and nothing nothing actually you know prepared and them looking at you like a calf staring at a new gate so I know. Um, there were three Gaither artists that showed up. We showed up at a church, and we thought we were going for a sound check, and the pastor was there locking the doors. So um, it was after Sunday morning service. <laughs> yep. 
And uh, we said, oh, excuse me, should we come through another door? He said, well, who are you? And uh, Been there, I, done that. <laughs> I looked at Allison and I said, well, that's Allison. And she said, and that's Angela Prim. And I said, we're supposed to have a um, concert here this afternoon. We're here for sound check. He said, at this church? He said, well, maybe, maybe they're surprising me. Let me, hold on one second. Let me call the, let me call my assistant. And he said, yeah, they're standing right here. He said, no, they've got product banners and everything. That's your product. And we were like, yes. He said, oh, yeah, they're here. He said, so who was he was, he was supposed to contact me for today? Is the date today? And I said, we've flown in to be here today. He said, they've flown in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yep. So. It, it's, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting life, to is. say the least. But, uh, it is. It but is. To, to be fair, you know, I, I want to I leave this section on this note. You know, Martha and I have found out that, uh, you know, uh, for all the... Uh, moments like that there are so many small acts of kindness that um, stick out and uh, and what so what what's a act of kindness that you've received on the road that you'll never forget well let me say this with everything that we've gone through as far as singers nothing compares to the sacrifice the disciples, the apostles made in spreading the gospel. So, oh goodness, no, you know, nothing, nothing. So, you know, with me uh, not packing the right shoes, it could devastate my whole outfit. But you have Paul <laughs> who preached without them. You know what I mean? So, oh it, yeah, you're it, not standing in the Colosseum, you know, yes. singing your song with a with a line nibbling yeah. on your ankle bone, you know. Yes. So, yes, yes, we're good. Yes. We're good. So we're good. You know, we're good. <laughs> we're gonna tuck our tails between our legs and keep moving. <laughs> Sometimes when I read the word, I just have to close it because we as Americans, we have so many stipulations as to how to proclaim the gospel till, you know, we're so spoiled and it's like, oh my gosh, help me Lord to stay humble and say yes in spite of. Yeah. And yeah. there are those who, um, the acts of kindness, they're not even, I mean, they so surpass um, People are people are good to you. In general, they are. They're very good to you. And and when you have mishaps, a lot of times it's just a misunderstanding. You know, it's not that they oh, meant yeah, to be yeah, bad. Yeah. It's just there was no clarity. I found more often than not the misunderstandings come about because um, I don't know people, especially Christian people and people in church. They are so adverse to hurting feelings that they will tell you what they think you want to hear thinking that it, you know you're not actually going to call back like you know you call on the phone hey you know um 
you know, was wondering if we could come do a concert there and you give the long spiel. And, oh, yeah, yeah, that, you know, that'd be good and, and, and all this. And I'll say, well, okay, I'll call you back. Yeah, that sounds good. We should have it confirmed by then. And then, you know, it's like they don't understand that us as artists, especially when you, when you do your own booking and stuff like that, we eat no for breakfast. I mean, just tell me no. That'll save me a lot of time. They'll save you a lot of time. <laughs> but if you tell me yes, and I say I'm going to call you back at 2 o'clock on Thursday, I'm going to call you back at 2 o'clock on Thursday. You know, mm -hmm. and so I think just in a culture where let your yes be yes and your no be no is more and more of a foreign thing, but also the, the aversion to, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. No, a no doesn't hurt my feelings. What hurts my feelings is when you tell me yes, and then it is no. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's the hard thing. That's clarity. So, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to have. It's a wonderful thing to have. It's understanding, you know, um, and then we as artists have to accept the no and keep it moving. Because, like, for instance, me, oh, I'm yeah. not for everybody, you know. Um, everybody, you know, cannot take my um, aggressiveness when it comes to, you know, the gospel. So um, I have to understand, you know, Bill Gaither always, he controls it because he says I get, you know, overexcited. And some of my white brothers and sisters, that you know, that can be frightening, so I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning because, you know, I'm wondering, okay, so why are you not in the Raptors with me? Why are you not, why are you still sitting? You know, let's, let's do this. Let's enjoy it, you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm learning. I'm learning how to do that. And, it, and it's, it's paid off. It has paid off with the, with the amount of doors that are opening and the Lord is allowing me to walk through obedience has really been my friend and I learn a lot from Bill Gaither. I really do. Mm -hmm. In doing, um, in doing these interviews, I know I've, I've used this, uh, this saying before, but it's one that stuck with me and it, because it is, it's so pithy and it's so biblical and it's, it's, it's Pauline. It's what, you know, what Paul says in the new Testament, but, uh, it's helped me in navigating, uh, denominational differences and stuff, but uh, what what's what I think of so often is the gifts of the Spirit are regulated by the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, you, you do what is loving, you do what is peaceful, you do what is, is gentle. You, you know, uh, Romans, I believe, uh, I forget the chapter, but out, Paul says, outdo one another in showing honor. You know, and yes. um, I think that's that's something you have to be able to do as an artist uh, is is go in knowing that you know you've got to work within the confines of what is going to be winsome to this audience. That's right. Um, that's right. And you know, if the message is lost because well, I'm just going to be myself. Well, then you got in the way of the message, <laughs> and so so that that's that's a you know a good word, and 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 we have to do it. Oh goodness, I, I get off on a tangent, but anyway, that's <laughs> no, but that's good. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's right. But uh, well, one thing I just want to ask you about is I've gone to church with black people almost my whole life. I've sang in black churches, and most of the black people that I've been around can just flat sing. I mean, I, <laughs> would you say that is true? And and 
I mean, I know stereotypes are not reliable and they can get us into trouble, but stereotypically stereotypes are grounded in some reality. I mean, is that just a gene? Is it something that's taught in the home more than other cultures? Is it just natural? I, I'm just curious because I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't grow up there. Well, no, because every black person can not sing. <laughs> well, I haven't met him yet. Oh my I ain't gosh. met him yet. Oh, but I have. I'm like, you can't hear the key you singing in and that ain't it. It's just, you know, that's, oh, but when Now, you, there is the occasional YouTube video of church oh singers where, goodness. you know, you but. can't tell me you've not seen that. No, every black person <laughs> cannot sing and every black person cannot dance. We don't all have the same rhythm. Um, yeah. And yep. just because you can dance, it doesn't mean you can sing. And because you can sing, it doesn't mean you can dance. However, we do have an innate uh, rhythm about ourselves with the drums. We've always, as a race of people, okay. communicated through music, you see. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. One uh, one church we went to, I've, uh, you know, I got up to sing, and I thought everybody's going to sit and listen. Wrong. <laughs> I've never seen so many tambourines come out of purses and from the backs of pews in my life. And, uh, and man, they was with it. Yes. They was with it. So, yeah, yes. that's that's very true. Oh, yes. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, uh, I think the creative side of God um, with the wisdom, uh, with the rhythm. I was listening. Uh, I was looking at a video yesterday, and it was a baby that was that was worshiping with these singers. And when I tell uh -huh. you those singers were hitting those notes just hard. And I'm like, okay, okay. And everybody was clapping, <laughs> but I was like, but where is the melody in that? I mean, the melodic, the, you know, the, you know, it was, it was just the, it was like the harder they sang, uh, the more exciting, <laughs> but it was like, but our our timbers are are What am I trying to say? Culturally, it's different. You know, we use a lot of vibrato. You all use a lot of power. And when I yeah do, yeah and um, a, a lot of limberness, I would say to the voice as well, because I you know when I think of uh, limber. Uh, Singers, I mean, like Taranda Green or David Phelps, which would be known to the the Gaither folks. Uh -huh. I mean, they're they're very just articulate, and and you never know quite what they're gonna do. Yeah, you know, and I had a I had a friend who was uh, you know college trained, and you know did all this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, voice stuff, and he told me, and this has been a long time ago, but I think he said the term was melasma. Is that? Huh. Does that ring a bell? Or, mm -mm. but anyway, I always thought the word sounded like a disease. You know, <laughs> I got a melasma, and which, which the thing is, whenever I try to do it, it sounds like a disease. But, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there are some things because I mean, there is, um, there are uh, people when I when I when I'm in Norway, 
I teach the sound of black gospel music and it is not uh -huh. African. But now that we're called African-Americans this year, um, you would think that um, <laughs> we would have an African sound, but we never sound African. Now, uh, we love the sound of Africans, but it's not our sound. It's not our sound. Uh -huh. So um, when you find a black person with the gift to sing, then um, they have studied it enough to be black, and, and some have studied it enough to be white. You have some black singers who sound just as white as uh, a lily singing, you know? Um, <laughs> but it just depends on, you know, the flavor, the gifting. Um, you know, we uh, were, we were, we were uh, paid to do a lot of country music and some of them were just really white songs when we were like on the voice with the rascal flats it was a soulful sound but then there was another song uh -huh. that was just straight with no vibrato so as a singer you know you'll you'll have to know how to uh encompass all of those uh desires or needs for whoever it is you're working for but color does not give you the ability of song it, it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Well, I've been uh, listening to your music over the past few years, and um, there were some that just really stuck out to me. I love your version of the Battle Hymn of the Republic and and, and several others, but uh, one that stuck out to me, I just loved the arrangement, uh, was Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And um, I heard a little bit of a story goes with that but you know I, I don't have the legal right to play music if anybody ever wonders you know on the podcast why don't you play a song from the artist well I tried uh, but I went and looked at all of the hairy mess that I would have to go through to get all that done and it's just uh, it, not possible but uh, it, could, could you do a verse of that just so they can hear your voice and it bless my soul Precious Lord, take my hand, lead, lead me on, and let me stand, I am tired. And I, I am weak, and I, I am worn through, through the storm, through, through the night. To the light, take, take my hand, precious Lord, and lead, lead me home. That's it. 
That's old school, precious Lord. Well, well let, let's uh, just take a moment and pause while everybody listening goes to your website and, <laughs> and buys you out of that CD. <laughs> Man, that, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank oh, you so much. Um, but I believe there's a story behind that song as well. Could you, do you mind telling that? Yes. Uh, no, I don't mind at all. Yeah, there is a story, and it was my mother's song. Precious Lord, Take My, my Hand is a, a song of the church. I thought it was just the uh, black church, but I'm finding out, my white brothers and sisters, that you all love the song just as much. Uh, written by Thomas uh, oh, yeah. A. Dorsey. And um, it's one of those go-to songs when you just want uh, precious time with the Lord. And uh, this was a song my mother uh, was born 1918. And uh, when she had me, she was um, elderly. And uh, she just didn't realize that she could be pregnant. And uh, when uh, she found out that she was, she asked the Lord for 18 years to raise her child. She said, Lord, just give me 18 years. And thank God that she did uh, live to uh, 18 years. Come around my 19th birthday in October, that September, after I hit 18 years, September, just before 19, uh, she was in the hospital with a report that she was not going to um, come home. That, that was going to be it for her. So when they uh, hmm. called me in and they said, um, Angie, you know, this is it. Mom is, uh, she's transitioning. And I was like, no, 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 it can't be. And I just knew by me having her my full 18 years that God had forgotten the promise and she had forgotten. Well, being married, my mother was married to my father, who was an alcoholic, and she was tired. She was ready to go. And uh, I get there, and mm. um, she was just so full of jaundice. Her eyes are just, her eyes are, I get my eyes from my mom. My eyes are big, and hers were a little larger. And they were just orange, full of jaundice. And uh, when I saw mm. her, I just knew that this was it. And she uh, quietened me down and said, no, 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 no. We knew this was coming. So this is, you're looking at the miracle of God. This is a promise of God. He's kept his end. He's kept his end. He says, now, when I leave here, I need you to go and find mothers of the church. They're going to continue to raise you where I dropped you off. Do not live without mothers in the church. You'll need them for the rest of your life. Listen to them. Stay near church. Angie, so wise. stay there. Do not get comfortable without the church and without God and without a mother in your life. You hear me? And I was like, yes, ma'am, I hear you. She says, now I'm getting ready to leave and I need you to do something for me. And I'm like, okay, what could that be? Possibly be? What could you want now, you know, that you're leaving us? And she said, I need you to sing my song. And I said, sing? And she said, yes. Well, there was a song that was called The uh, Solitary Road that she loved by Becky Fender. 
And I thought that that was going to be, she says, no, 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 precious Lord. And I said, oh, no, there's no way I can sing that. <laughs> and uh, she said, oh, yes, and you need to hurry up. I'm already seeing angels. They're coming to get me. Come on. He's promised me that he would give you the strength to do it, and I'm your mother. And I said, sing. Hit the river, Lord. <laughs> she stands. God got her feet and hold her hand. Take mommy's hand, precious Lord, and leave. And I started adding things to it. I want you to leave. Just begin to repeat stuff. I think the longer I sing, the more I'm going to keep her. And leave. <laughs> lead mommy mm. on. Oh, 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 oh. And I peep at her. And there's no more pain. There's no more jaundice. Her eyes are completely shut. And she has the most precious smile. Oh. Mm. He so many saints of the Lord have been sang have been sung home. We've done that in our family, and mm. it's uh, such a precious time because they just go from one singing service to the next. And um, yes, yes, absolutely. It's it's Absolutely. a testimony all of itself yes, to it see is, a saint cross the river. Yes, it is, baby. It's all to itself. And God is good. We, you know, we we sing about heaven, but don't want to go. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, oh yeah. I've been reading about it, reading about it, reading, about it. And, and and it's exciting. God is good. He's he's faithful. He says he goes to prepare. So. If he prepared the universe, why do you think he would skip out on heaven? You know, it's just no such thing. Mm -hmm. So, oh um, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a good good line. We sing about heaven, but everybody everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah, you know, something like that. that's right. That's a song. And, uh, I've heard. But that's. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the you know, but that's that's the bridge, and you know, it's like I. I have a lot I want to live for. I want to see my kids grow up and, you know, I've got hopes and dreams and all that and plans, you know, which 2020, which we're, we're in the, the end mm -hmm. of right now, the thought of a plan is just, ha ha ha, whatever. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, there, uh, well, there's something that God put in us that makes us want to live. I, I guess it may be our liver, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know there there comes that time where where God's people just you know we're, they let go and they know that it's uh time to go see the Lord. Um I, and I love that song because it's it's very much like the negro spirituals in that mm -hmm. they're unique in that they have helped keep the idea of lament in our churches. Uh mm -hmm. you know the 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 psalms are one third lament, and yet, what percentage of Christian music today acknowledges that broken element and and the hurt and the pain and and lets us grieve and mourn and express anguish? That's right. Um, 
and 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 out of of the suffering of the black people, I think you see that that pathos in their songs, and yes. I, yes. I, I I love that because it it helps maintain it for the rest of the church because we need it too. We need well, to be reminded. Well, the songs you listen now, it is a clear vision of prayer life. You know, now everything is just you know mm-hmm. pop or just oh you know oh I mean <laughs> all the way ooh all you know so but when you get to the nitty gritty of a situation you know don't ah oh, me oh me you know um, it's how you you know it's in, in, in how you would tell someone I love you today honey oh thanks or. Honey, I really love you today. And that person can say, well, thanks. You said, no, 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 you don't understand. I really, I'm loving you in your face today with my heart. Now, Hmm. that's a form of worship. When you make the person stop what they're doing and acknowledge you, for who you believe them to be. That's what God does with pure worship. You stop him in his tracks and you say, no, God, but I'm really loving you right now. That's what worship is. It's not about a a trendy song you've written or you know or you sing and you present it so the man can go, oh, bravo, bravo. No, no, no. It's when you stop what you're doing and give him your undivided attention and it's to an audience of one. That's where the worship begins. Well, and when we gather corporately and and, and we encourage one another, and I, I love, uh, I think it's Colossians that uses this wording, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I mean, you think it's like singing to one another, but it's, it's your... You're speaking, you're affirming, you're 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 mm-hmm. preaching to one another these truths and you know, Psalm ninety six, tell of his glories among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples, say among the nations the Lord reigns. Mm-hmm. And you know, we you know people think it's a bad thing to preach to the choir, but we the choir needs to hear it because Absolutely. we are quick to forget. Absolutely. We are yes. quick to forget in this pagan society. Pagan yes. society. Absolutely. And um Songs are a great way of reminding ourselves of that. And and, um, I want to know your take on this. I mean, how would you define for someone who, I mean, back a few years ago, I wouldn't even begin to know what to say, but how would you define a spiritual uh, to someone who's not familiar with the the, the genre? The Negro spirituals? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them are... um, I would call them um, rhymes from the soul. Um, mm-hmm. They, a lot of them are coded songs. A lot of them were derived for escape. Uh, we mm-hmm. use the song uh, for a way of gathering the people for a way of escape. Still away, still away was something that Harriet Tubman used to gather the people for those who were going to have the courage to escape. 
she didn't kill I, them. I heard that. It yes. was it, when they'd sing certain songs, it meant certain things was it going meant, on. That's... Yes. Because, see, we weren't allowed to read or write, but we were allowed to sing because it built the momentum of our labor. But while we were building uh -huh. the momentum for our labor, what the slave master didn't understand was we were communicating what was going to happen possibly that night. Swing hmm. low, yeah. sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Yes. So out of our yeah. pain, out of our anguish, uh, you know, from one day to the next, we didn't know what our lives were going to be. You could have a baby today and and have nothing tomorrow, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was the music that gave us life. And it joined us together in one voice. Uh, you, all it takes is one black person just to just go. Mm -hmm. And if he's in a room full of black people, everybody going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm -hmm. And everybody doing a. Mm -hmm. Didn't take much, but you let the people you know. know. That's why I was. That's why I was wondering earlier if it was something that uh, I don't know that that's in the home. Because I mean, if I walk into a church and I go, mm -hmm, everybody's just gonna turn around and look like, okay, where'd you come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. there are cultures that that do just habitually sing. Yeah. You know, it, it you know, you go and you sit on the front porch and you sing, but I, I mean, Americans, goodness gracious, it's abysmal. We have uh, students that come and want to take piano and voice lessons and we say, okay, pick a song and they don't know a song. And I am not exaggerating. They know bits and pieces, mm -hmm. but they cannot sing for you a whole song. Wow. Wow. It, it's so sad. And so probably sad. what they do know, they've learned from the internet. You oh know, yeah, for, you, it, know, you know I can't do much teaching you know, baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 baby shark. Do, do, do. I said, what are they doing? And then they get so excited with the mama shark. Do, do. I'm like, okay, so that's the whole song, and they love it. I'm like, wow, that didn't take yep. much. <laughs> but you get a child so, on their pad. And they are there all day. I knew when I grew up and we had gangs, my mother would not allow us to be on that game all day. You had to pick up a book. You had to go to some kind of rehearsal, ceramics, yep. sewing, something other than just entertainment all the time. And oh now, yeah, and we're 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 killing ourselves with yes, with entertainment and yes we are um, yes we are yes we are, and you, you your child is looking down in the iPad and you say, uh, David, and then David answers, what? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you do. What, ma'am? Would you believe we had? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, the answer is ma'am or sir. Are, you know, uh -huh. not know what because I'm disturbing you. Oh no, that wouldn't do it. 
No, we we hadn't had Lily six months. Uh, she was our first child. She's not even two yet. But we had her six months, and we had people walking up. Well, when is she gonna get a phone? And you know, we got the answers or got the questions so often that I had to come up with a standard answer. And my answer was, she can have a phone when she can meet two criteria. She has to be able to pay for it, and her husband has to be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and you know what? And she'll grow up to be something different than an internet child. Oh my gosh! Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. Well, I, before we move on, I want to back up just a second and ask: mm-hmm. um, in in defining a, a Negro spiritual, I mean, you've talked kind of about um, the content, but stylistically, is there a particular? Uh, thing that sets it apart from everything else, apart from hymns, apart from, um, you know, jazz and, you know, any other kind of music that you can think of? Apart from jazz, apart from blues. Um, yeah, apart from anything, is there something that uh, is unique to it alone? Yes, and that's passion. Passion, mm-hmm. survival is all incorporated in a Negro spiritual. Um, We may not have understood a whole lot, but what we did understand was what we sang. Now, it could have even been uh, words that we didn't know, but we knew the moment, the mood, the feel Mm -hmm. of that song was where... I was or where I am. You know, a child mm-hmm. can mimic a song because they like it. They don't have to understand the words, you see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. because of the they like it, you know, you can you can teach a child uh Bible verses by singing it versus quoting it. They'll learn it quicker singing it. So a lot of the words to these Negro spirituals uh, we were allowed to sing, um, and we may not have understood them all. Now, there was one Negro spiritual that says, Elijah Rock, shout, shout. That's strictly for uh-huh. the, the mood and the swing of it, because music, it, um, it unifies is the word. It unifies. Negro spirituals, it unifies a people to make one strong person. And therefore, you have even a lot of white schools that know more about uh, Negro spirituals than black people. We're so busy trying to get away from it. But our white brothers and sisters (laughs) are interested in, but how, how did you do that? How did that sound? Uh, oh Lord, I keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. I ain't got time to die. Oh, it takes all my time to praise my Jesus. All my time to praise my. I don't care if the rocks gonna cry. <laughs> glory and honor, glory and honor. Ain't got time to die. Now, see, that was a a Negro spiritual that choirs could sing. Meaning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I could hear that. Yeah, when you go to a university, there was something that we could relate to. 
even being taught by the white man, we still had a piece of ourselves in choir that would give us Negro spirituals. Hmm. And the white men, they well, weren't intimidated by us doing our music, you see. They, they, they didn't uh-huh. fear a revolt. They just said, oh, they're enjoying themselves. <laughs> 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 oh, and well, it's good. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I... I I'm probably going to sound like I'm meandering for a minute, but stay with me, and I'm actually going somewhere. But um, Gandhi said, uh, in reference to the British freeing the Indian people during his peaceful protest, um, and, and I'm not going to try to make this a quote because I'm going to get the words wrong, but this is the sense of what he said. He said that he knew that if, the, if Britain was not a Christian nation, then the protest would not work. He knew mm-hmm. that the heart of Jesus' teachings were for the equality of, of man. And while he rejected Christ, he used Christ's teachings to prick the hearts and the consciences of a Christian nation to win their freedom. Mm-hmm. And I can see very much how that mirrors the civil rights movement here in the U.S. because it was Christians, uh, faithful Christians, who actively followed the teachings of the, scripture, the scriptures. And, um, and even those who maybe not uh, didn't live Christian in their everyday lives, um, you know, not in the, the ins and out of everyday life. They maybe went to church, but, you know, they, they lived like the devil the rest of the week. They still felt the weight of the, the conscience, the, wealth of, the weight of the culture needing to adhere to a moral pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, being brought on by, uh, I would say, Martin Luther King's speeches, but really mm-hmm. they were sermons. Mm-hmm. You know, he evoked the gospel as the underpinnings of what they were standing for, and uh, and also the the gospel songs, uh, messages of Mahalia Jackson, and so many more. And I'm not going to try to name names, or I'll forget somebody. Mm-hmm. But um, the tide of history, the uh, uh, the culmination of the promises in the Declaration of Independence and the constitutional freedoms that were for all people were founded on Judeo-Christian values and were won through Judeo-Christian values. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is, uh, do you, or how big of an influence do you think the music of the black church contributed to the black and white church coming together um, eventually, you know, in, in that oneness and unity in Christ um, when it had been so disparate for a long time? Oh, Music has been a major uh, influence, major. Um, you know, music has no, they, it has no boundaries. It, it mm-hmm. supersedes all, all cultures, all dialects. It's, you know, um, when I was in Japan and I thought I was there to sing, um, Precious Lord, take my hand. They wanted me to sing it. I thought, and as soon as I hit the stage, there were 5,000 Japanese people that began to just chant, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston. And uh, hmm. I said, what are they saying? Whitney Houston? And the sponsor was like, yes. And they were just crying. And she had died like the year before. And... Oh. Um... I could not 
I was like, what? I know they're not expecting me to do Whitney Houston. And uh, the sponsor said, please, <laughs> sing something. And I was like, and I will always love you. And the people loved it. And mm. after that, it became an open door. So music opens the door for communication. Um, a lot of my white yeah. brothers will take the songs that they've heard black people sing. For instance, one, Elvis Presley. <laughs> oh, Lordy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's the sound. Um, I had one producer ask me for slave sounds. And uh, my sister who was raised on a plantation, she didn't take too kindly to that, and neither did I, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know what to do with that request. I said, slave sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, you give me a whipping chain, and I'll show you how slave sounds feel. And he was as red mm. as a, a rose. And I knew he didn't mm. mean that, but because a lot of white people don't know how to relate to what it is that we do, they have to call it something to be able to communicate. But yeah, yeah, the the quartets, the white quartets that have sung our song, "I Shall Wear a, a Golden Crown." That's what we said, but y'all say uh -huh. a robing crown or "Get Away, Get Away, Jordan, Get Away, Get Away, Ocean." <laughs> so we've uh, we've all shared. Um, in the in the gospel, and bless their hearts, some of them will try to dance like we dance, and it's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite it. And then we'll try yeah. to do some of what you, you all do. You put your left foot in, you put your <laughs> <Yeah>. left foot out, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, but let somebody else wiggle it and shake it all about. Let somebody else do that. But, <laughs> It doesn't take anything from anybody. It's just who you are, you see. Um, mm -hmm. One time I went to Jamaica, and I was just so thankful for my white brothers and sisters. I said, America is a, a combination of everything. We're not just all black, and we're not just all white, you know. Um, that's why when we get on the... Um, white supremacists and all and the, like baby they are not as white as they think they are <laughs> we got drops <laughs> here and there and everywhere we are united a united states so uh, they miss it thinking you know or we'll pure this way and pure that way no united states is is all indian and all of us we just up in here together and it's a people that God can use because we do have uh, diversity. It's, it's a people that God can use with our differences because it oh, is. Oh, yeah, it's like the, 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 the beauty of heaven and the tapestry of grace Absolutely. is going to be people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, and language. And, you know, yes. that's what heaven's going to be, so you yes. may as well get used to it. But, yes. uh, Yes. But yeah, the the, the, the the oneness, I guess I was, uh, one thing I was curious about, and I, I don't know if there's any way to even know this, but like, 
you know, in the segregationist South, uh, you know, it's like, were they singing black gospel songs, you know, and claiming them? <laughs> Not really knowing or caring where they came from. Um, you know, at, at what point did that start to happen? Because you can flip through so many hymn books and and come across them and, uh, and, and you, you listen to radio. Uh, Absolutely. But... It, 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 it's it the gift of song. It's just the gift of song. I mean, so you can claim it, you know, all you want, but all somebody has to do is dig a little deeper, you know, and find the source yeah, of yeah. it. You know, so does it make it bad because they took it and they sang it? No, I mean, you know, I pick up, I pick up a piece of paper every day, but just because I don't acknowledge the tree doesn't mean I'm not grateful. You see. So yeah, you, yeah. you have to keep it moving and understand that piece of paper did come from the wood of a tree, but you got to keep it moving. You got to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. If not, you can get stuck in one place. So um, with us and us singing and sharing songs, keep it moving. Keep the history where it needs to be with knowledge, gratefulness, respect. And then what do you add to it? What is your piece to add to the puzzle to make it even more complete? Yep. That That's right. And I feel like so often things get so bogged down uh, yes. in a secular sense. Not uh, The church, I don't think, has this, this issue near as bad. But in a secular sense, they get mired in expecting to find utopia and find perfection. And the thing is, the world is fallen. It's like once you Excellent. solve one problem, there's another one that springs up from it because there's not a, uh, there's not, there's none righteous, no, not one. And and That's those right. of us that are saved, we are living, uh, you know, grace for each moment, day by day, moment by moment, trying to be like Christ. But, you know, it's like, um, uh, I mean, I can't be Batman, all right? That's <laughs> right. I was going to say, it's a world made up of us. And we know we're not yeah. perfect. We know that. Even though we strive as a holy people, we strive, but we're not there yet. God will always reveal not, to you Not things. there yet. That's right. He will always it it, it, mm -hmm. it it does seem that the black community here in America, through the suffering of slavery and the suffering of the civil rights era, uh, have a unity that, that reminds me of the Jewish communities. Um and, it, and, it's, and it's hard as an outsider looking in to understand that. I mean, I can't, I didn't grow up there. I can't wrap my head around it. But it, it seems to be reflected in the, in the black gospel songs. And it's just a music full of, like I said, pathos and suffering, lament, brokenness, mm -hmm. and desperation for the Lord to help, uh, mm -hmm. to come and rescue. Uh, right. uh, songs about joy in overcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for the coming of the Lord as a vindication. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any uh, are there any family stories that, that come to mind, like, you know, looking back through the generations where, um, uh, where that community of the black church was seen and, and where, you know, a certain song spoke to a certain moment, you know, that kind of a thing? Well, there are so many... Um situations that we've had to um, sing over, you know. Um, I was mm -hmm. looking at them going across the bridge 
um, whose service was it? Was it John's? I forget his name. But they were walking, singing, we shall overcome, you know. We shall mm-hmm. overcome. Yeah. We shall overcome. Some- now, you're ta- now, just for clarity, you're talking about Selma, right? Yes, yes, for okay. Selma. And that was, again, music unifies. Um, our stories have been filtered down through the uh, generations. And this is why you can tell a child that um, is disengaged with their heritage. When you see a child walking around, a man walking around with their pants sagging around their ankles, you can tell (laughs) that they didn't have enough family stories to understand that that would have been how we would have been made to walk around, but you pull your pants up and walk with dignity because you are a human being and not a monkey, you know? Mm. So when you have enough uh, family um, affirmation, family stories, but we've come around a bend where children are raising children and it's all about looking in the now versus the then to now. And you miss it. You miss that whole link of uh, the suffering. We, we um, as a, a race of people, are so bent on our children not suffering how we suffered. But we don't let them suffer at all by making them work and have a job responsibility. Oh, mm-hmm. it's okay. He's just feeling himself. We'll, we'll pay for it. Okay, well, the police are calling. Okay, I'll pay for it. Just no, no. I don't want no. I don't want him to have to go to work because he's an artist. He's creative. He's a singer. He doesn't have to have a job. So, no, I'll pay for it. And then when you die, who's going to pay for Johnny? Who's going to mm-hmm. keep Johnny out yep. of prison because you've not taught him how to work and sustain himself? We, we've got a whole co- oh. a whole generation of all that color coming up. I'll tell you, it's uh, uh, it's, it's we, we'll talk all night long if you get me going on that. I cannot, you know, people people who um, don't expect to pay their dues, they expect to just walk in and have it handed to them, and well, that's right, entitled you know, in, because, entitlement. Yep. Yes, because Mama said. She was going to do our daddy set, you know. I've had one uh, teenager to tell me, well, my mom told me as long as I'm in school, I don't have to work. Okay, well, good. Then you go live with your mom that's going to take care of you while you're in school. Because if you live with me, you're not going to just sit on the computer all day to do uh, an online course and play <laughs> on Facebook. And expect yep. to not pay bills. Mm-mm. Not gonna happen. Yeah, it, it's a culture that doesn't know how to buckle down and and work and 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 even suffer. It's like if if somebody saying something ugly to you is suffering to you, then you've not really suffered, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not I'm not talking about. I mean, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. Words do hurt. I, I'm not, Absolutely. you know, denying that at all. But but I'm talking about just somebody not agreeing with you. 
mm-hmm. you know, I disagree with your point of view, and and uh, they got to go to some space, safe space and get in their bubble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are you going to, uh, how are you going to survive? You know, how are you going to live and, and make it? Um, and see, in our examples and, that we have as a people, with Martin Luther King, he took it. But he, he was able oh, to man. rise above it. Maya Angelou took it, but she was able to rise above it. And we're not giving yep. these examples of people anymore. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not. Yeah. So we're not, you know, we don't, we don't study. So, um, well, it, mm-hmm. suffering in the, in the context of the church, uh, I mean, a suffering church has a different metal to it. Um, I'm thinking of the early saints and, you know, the blood of the martyrs was what watered the seeds of the gospel that carried it around the world. And, you know, we don't have to go that far, you know, in suffering and persecution to have a healthy church. But we, mm. I think where the difference is we have to at least live here uncomfortably. We have to be uncomfortable. You know, that old song, this world is not our home, we're just passing through. You know, here in America, we are, we're very comfortable. And we feel like this is our home. We're very comfortable. And I believe what has happened, we've taken our comfort and become entitled to versus working to spread the gospel even the Mm -hmm. more. The Lord says the more he blesses us, the more we spit in his face. You know, the more we we deny him. The the, the bigger we get, the smaller he gets because it becomes us. And I think our, our, um, our comfort, God has, he has set us aside for a reason, to spread the gospel. We should use our comfort to be able to become better Christian because we have nothing to hold us back, you know? We, we don't have the, oh, yeah. uh, the, the threats and, the, you know, right now you can say Jesus and, and not be, you know, uh, persecuted. Yeah. So... Um, I think with Corona shutting everything down, the church will never be uh, the norm. We should know we should not be able to go back to business as usual. I think uh, with this appreciating each other, loving on each other, being able to do that is going because you don't miss each other until it's gone. You know, you don't miss something until it's gone. So. Yep. I believe well, the, the, the reality, I, I think, is, you know, a, a defining character of a Christian is that you love the believers. And so I think what's going to happen is this has been a shaking. And those people that were just in it because mom and daddy were and just because they wanted to scratch their moral itch and clear their conscience once a week, they're not coming back. Mm-mm. And we're going to find out who who's real, who's really Christ, who's part of his church. And I think it will draw the church closer together, but we're going to be smaller in numbers as far as, um, you know, what it looks like. And, mm-hmm. you know, talking about be, being being uncomfortable, it's like we don't we don't have to have Nero burning us as torches in his, at his garden parties to be uncomfortable. If if the Bible is just preached carefully and in its totality, that that does a long that goes a long way yes, to keep us absolutely. uncomfortable because the Bible does not let you sit and um, <laughs> and and stew, it it is right. constantly stirring the pot and it's constantly challenging you. And um, a, a comfortable church is a dying church, you know, a danger mm-hmm. of. 
go, mm-hmm. of going soft and going gospel light. And um, it, but if you put someone in slavery, you know, and they're feeling the lash and they're seeing the world's unvarnished fallen state, then it's easy to sing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." That's right. You know, to to view Christ coming as a rescue or absolutely. Uh, our, our goodness gracious, it makes my hair stand up to think about it. Uh, Louis Armstrong would go down Moses. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. let, let my people go. Oh, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yes. And this, this is just spitballing, but um, I didn't know that what Zazu sang in The Lion King. Have you seen that? I have. I'm trying to think. Yes. Yeah, what what he's saying in the Lion King when he's in the bone cage in Scar's cave and he's singing, uh, "Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow." And they cut it off there. I didn't know that that was a um, uh, a Negro spiritual. That was a Negro. Uh, so that just yeah. So that may be news. To- I'm sometimes up and sometimes down. Glory, hallelujah. My feet are level to the ground. Glory, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Those are all. That's, that's oh, what that is. Steal mm-hmm. away to Jesus. I love this line. Green trees are a bending. Poor sinners stand a trembling. The trumpet sounds within my soul. I ain't got long to stay here. And yes. I, I just... I. I resonate with that more and more. It's like if I've got 60 years ahead of me, I still don't have long to stay here. That mm-hmm. is not long in the, in the, it's a drop in the ocean of eternity. And so That's right. this world needs, uh, this world needs cleansing. It needs rescuing. It, it needs the Prince of Peace because we ain't doing a good job. You know, <laughs> we, we're messing this up. And, um, well, he's certainly allowing us to see. Uh, ourselves, and I believe that this quiet time is, and I'm, it's not going to be the fix-all by no means. Am I saying that? But for those of us who love the Lord, we'll take this quiet time um, when things are moving a little slower to catch up to where God is, yeah, yeah. and be ready to run when the horsemen come. So that's right. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited. Um, this is my opinion. I have not read this anywhere, so uh, I'm just throwing it out there. But I would say that that black music has cross-pollinated and influenced more styles than any other in American history. I mean, I'm thinking of church music, hymns, jazz, southern gospel music, like you mentioned the southern gospel quartets doing those songs, Mm -hmm. Uh, choir music, rock and roll with Elvis doing that stuff. Um, and this is a question that I've asked other artists, and, and, and this is just a day in which this uh, term gets brought up quite a bit. But what do you think about cultural appropriation when it comes to music? Mm. I, I is that a benefit? Is it a problem? Is it both? I wouldn't think, I wouldn't um, think it's a problem, no. Because I believe... I mean, who's to say who owns what when um, it all belongs to the Lord? It's a gift that comes from the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
I don't, I don't get into those fights, um, or, or where this came or who, who, you know, uh, misappropriation. I don't, you know, and, and, um, unless you are not, uh, if, unless you are bent on saying what it, where it didn't come from, I don't think it should be a problem at all. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yeah. the music. If you get a moment to thank yeah. whoever it is that came, you come from, then do that. But enjoy your music because what they sound like, you're not going to sound like anyway. You know. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I've recorded a couple of uh, of songs that came from the black culture, and yeah. so yeah, you know, enjoy. I, I, my th my deal is I want to. I want to honor that. I want to bring it into Absolutely. my world and my element. And I saw the one of the dumbest articles uh, not too long ago. It was saying that you know this famous celebrity person, uh, you know, they came out with this hairdo, and 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 they said, uh, well, that that's cultural appropriation because that's from this culture over here. And I'm thinking to myself, she stole it. Does that mean that because she did her hair that way that day that somebody woke up without any hair? Mm -hmm. I mean. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, there, if you go back all the way to the beginning of time, you know, it's like there's right. no original hairdo. I'm sorry. it's Everybody's done it. Absolutely. Um, and enjoy uh, what you have and keep it. When I wake up, <laughs> when I wake up every morning, I am culturally appropriating bedhead. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, um, and I... As far as um, history is concerned, you know, we, we can't take away from where it is uh, derived from. But it's okay oh, yeah, to yeah. be yeah, yeah. Claiming to... it for yourself or, or mocking it, that's where the line is. Um, you know. Just, no, because, you know, Mary had a little lamb, little lamb. We grew up singing that. So do we say that's a mm -hmm. white man's song? No. It's... it's it's uh, history. It's it's who we are, you know. Twinkle, twinkle, yeah. little star. Yeah. That's that's us growing up as children, as human, just being a human. Absolutely. Well, if I if I remember right, isn't that Bach? <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we can make things complicated. We can find reasons all day long to fight and argue. We can do that. Or you can live in love and let yeah, live yeah. and glorify God. And that's what I choose to do. Well, this, this has been such a, a helpful conversation. And before we get to the, the lightning round and, and wrap this up, I wanted to end with a quote from A.W. Tozer. It said, he said... Um, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? Mm. They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. Social religion is perfected when private religion is purified. Mm -hmm. And I saw that and it just 
bless my heart. Uh, we need to have our hearts tuned to Christ, and then Absolutely. we will be in tune with one another and be able to sing this great song of redemption to the world. Well, Ms. Angie, you've been so gracious with your time, and uh, we I've, I've just enjoyed this, and I know uh, the listeners have as well, and got to talk about worship and about music and uh, just loving one another, and I think that's all things that we could use a dose of here lately. But I always want to end with a, a lightning round where we kind of find out a little bit about yourself but also get some recommendations that may, we may want to go check out. Um, let's start with your favorite gospel artist. Oh, my favorite gospel artist there. I don't, I can't say that I had a favorite, but uh, the mentors that I grew up singing and listening to and studying were uh, the Clark sisters, uh, Shirley Caesar, Andre Crouch. Ah, uh-huh. Yes, Andre Crouch, was, he's, he's phenomenal. And Lyndall Cooley is one that I have enjoyed singing for he he's a white brother and he's soulful but he's got the white it's, it's wonderful Lyndall Cooley so those are those are like my favorite that I listen to all the time okay uh what about a favorite secular artist my favorite secular artist to be on the road with was uh Barbara Mandrell but that was because I worked oh, for yeah. her mm-hmm. so I enjoyed being on the road with her mm-hmm. all right um What's a favorite gospel song? Favorite gospel song is, um, I don't know if you would call it gospel or not, but Days of Elijah is my favorite uh, Christian song. Oh, that's, song. yeah, that's a Christ, mm-hmm. Christian song, gospel song, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Um, and how about a favorite album, like an album recommendation, just in the totality of all the songs are great and great presentation? Andre Crouch's uh, uh, Journey, the last, uh, the Journey, which was the last recording that he did before he passed. Uh, your most influential person? <laughs> Bill Gaither. That's probably a, an answer for a lot of folks. He's uh, certainly made his mark. Uh, favorite pastime? You're you're not singing. You're at home with your feet kicked up, or, or your time to kill. What what do you like to do? Crochet. And ah, so. All right. My uh, my grandmother tried to get on uh, on an airplane right after nine eleven, <laughs> and she had her crochet needles. <laughs> and they would not let her on. Oh. I, I think they was afraid she'd make an Afghan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad joke. Okay. That's a bad joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's your fault. You said crocheting, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> And in all your travels, I'm sure you've had plenty of these, but what's the best place you've ever eaten? (laughs) My favorite uh, place that I eat, and I have eaten there, I have, I've eaten there for 28 years now on the Fridays I'm home, is Longhorn. I'm a steak girl. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Mm-hmm. I get their ribeyes with extra prairie dust. 
Well, so, I'm, 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 I'm fixing to make a character judgment. How do you have them cook it? Well done. <laughs> In Norway, they say cremated. <laughs> oh, Lord, Angie, I'm going to have to pray for you. I can't. I want it. that cow still flopping around on the plate. No. I mean, that. I do not do roadkill. No, sir. No. no, it ain't roadkill. No, yes, that is. That cow is still looking <laughs> at you bleeding. Like, oh my gosh, you just <laughs> killed me. And you're like, yeah, you're cooking the flavor out of it. No, oh. you got to sop up blood while you're eating. That's nasty. Absolutely not. No, you don't do that with the steak. You do that with your roll. Oh, <laughs> good gracious, like. So that's what you. That's no, how I want to. I want to poke it with my fork and it oh. go. Mm. Oh. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like it char grilled, <laughs> extra extra prairie dust. Well done. That's what I do. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna follow my own advice and love you anyway. Give you some grace and. Amen. You eat your steak, I'll eat my steak. All right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because they give me yours, I'm going to give it back. <laughs> I say, you, you, you forgot to cook this one. <laughs> well, the, the last question I always ask and uh, in and, and, and all these, um, congratulations, you have been promoted to ruler of the world. What's your first order? <laughs> oh, everybody... Go home and cook dinner and get to know your family. Everybody just get together, fellowship. Let's just have one day of fellowship that's beyond Thanksgiving, just a day where we celebrate other people. Mandatory. Yep, no, no, no football. Nothing. No basketball. Just, just each of no just phones. Family time. Just each other. Just each other. Which I tell you what, a lot of people can't cook nowadays. You put them in a kitchen, you'll get to know them, but you may not like them at the end of it, you know. But <laughs> That's right. Some of them be right. like, I won't, I won't get to know you too, but we're going to the Olive Garden. Because <laughs> you have messed this up. I know it's real. I know it's real. Oh, thank well, you so Ms. Well, Ms. Angie, thank you so very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And um, and I and I hope that um, hope we was able to adequately get a glimpse of your your heart and your walk with the Lord and your ministry. Feel like I know you a world better, and and look forward to hugging your neck uh, yes. next time we see you. Well, we'll do that. Let's make sure that happens. Thank you for having me. I have enjoyed myself. Um, God is good, and through all of this, we're going to find out that He is still in control. He's still on top of things, and we've just got to seek him and hide under the shadow of the Almighty, and he will protect us and guide us and lead us to the next phase of this thing called life. Amen. That's Amen. right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us, and I want to encourage you, go and check out AngelaPrim.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-A-P-R-I-M-M.com. Be sure you put the double M on Prim, and uh, go to her website, patronize her store, and let her know that you enjoyed this interview. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next time.
Well, I hope that you enjoyed this time that we spent together. I know that I have, and I pray that it has made you more appreciate the forms and functions of worship and the gifted people who help facilitate it. Continue the conversation by emailing any questions or suggestions you may have through my website at www.milespikemusic.com. That's M-I-L-E-S-P-I-K-E music.com. Support this endeavor by rating, reviewing, and sharing. If you want to go the extra mile, then I would greatly appreciate it if you purchase some digital downloads or hard copies of my music through the website and patronize our guest in any way that you can. Websites and details to that end will be in the show notes. This program plans to release every other week, so keep your eye out for the next edition of the Miles Pike Podcast. Till next time, worship wisely. Wisely.